The Chicago Blackhawks get absolutely blown out of the building by the Seattle Kraken. On today's episode, I'll discuss whether this was the worst loss of the season, how the key absences to the lineup are impacting Lucas Reichel and Arvid Soderblom, and also get into some updates on the World Junior Championship as we're now just 11 days away from the tournament getting started. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a quick follow on X at Jack Bushman 2, or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, just a quick reminder, if you like what you're watching today or what you're listening to, then please make sure to go, go and show some support. Even if you're just an audio listener, please make sure to go and smash the like button down below on today's episode. Comment down below as well. And also subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. It won't cost you anything. Really is 100% free and helps me out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode is uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good morning, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. An ugly, ugly loss from the Blackhawks last night, falling 7-1 to to the Kraken up in Seattle. Not a misread. The Kraken wound up scoring a touchdown and converted on the extra point. An absolutely dreadful performance from the Blackhawks. One absolutely to forget about. And as I'm sure you all saw by the thumbnail of today's episode, arguably the worst loss of the entire season for the Chicago Blackhawks. And it was bad right from the get-go. I mean, there were very few, if any, bright spots from the Blackhawks in this game because in the first period, they looked real sloppy and sluggish. The Kraken were undoubtedly a team that came out with uh, more energy and more fight and a better compete level, and they capitalized on it to take an early 2 to nothing lead. The Blackhawks really, in that first period, I mean, felt like they didn't have the puck at all. They could not maintain any puck possession. We're just trying to clear it out of the defensive zone at all times, and then it felt like whenever they had the puck in the neutral zone, they were just dumping it into the offensive zone and going for changes because of how much they were stuck playing defense in that opening 20 minutes. Probably the only bright spot of the game was uh, Taylor Radish, a man who I actually called out on yesterday's episode saying that he he's deserving of a healthy scratching for how inconsistent the start to a season has been. Nice to see Radish kind of uh, answer the bell there, if you will, for his Fifth goal of the season, that actually got the Blackhawks right back into it and gave them some life early on in the second period, but they really went and let things unravel there towards the end of the second, giving up three 
consecutive goals to the Kraken. And then Seattle went on to uh, pad the stats a little bit there in the third with two more to make this thing, to blow it absolutely wide open. Seven to one there in the third. Arvid Soderblom winds up getting pulled in favor of Peter Morazic. I'll dive into more on that here in just a second. But yeah, a pretty god-awful effort out of the Blackhawks all in all. It felt like once things were really going bad for them there in the second, they didn't really come with any effort whatsoever in the third. Tyler Johnson, one of their veteran leaders, kind of uh, called out the team once again, saying guys were just watching out there instead of battling. And to make matters worse, it's not like this was a very good Seattle Kraken team that just completely dominated the Blackhawks. No, this was a squad that was 1-6-2 over their last eight games, and they had only scored 10 goals total in their last six entering this one. And they put up seven on the Blackhawks, six at five on five. I mean, adding insult to injury there. This is what I expected to happen to the Blackhawks when they took on the red-hot Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday, not what was supposed to happen when they faced a sluggish Kraken offense on Thursday. So, yeah, that kind of poured some salt in the wound there that this was not a Seattle Kraken team that had been playing well in the last couple of weeks. The only reason I'm going to say why this isn't the worst loss of the entire season for the Chicago Blackhawks, I think that still goes to uh, their 8-1 defeat out in the desert to the Arizona Coyotes back in late October. But the only reason I'm going to say this one wasn't the worst loss of the season for the Chicago Blackhawks is just because of the sheer number of absences that they're dealing with in their lineup right now. It really feels like we've reached this worst case scenario because not only are the Blackhawks obviously without Taylor Hall for the rest of the season, Corey Perry's contract has been terminated. He's not around, but Andreas Athanasiu has been out for nearly a month now as well. Seth Jones, Listen, if you want to uh, if you want to have a conversation about Seth Jones and his impact on this Blackhawks team, look how much the defense has struggled the last two nights without him. I get it. He's overpaid, but don't get it twisted. He is the best Blackhawks defenseman. He is the best defenseman on the Blackhawks by a long shot. They're without him right now. They're also without Kevin Korchinski, who's been one of their better offensive defensemen this season. Also without Jared Tenorti, a veteran leader as well. And then Mackenzie Entwistle didn't play last night either due to an illness. So just the sheer number of absences that the Blackhawks have in their lineup right now, it is really, really making life difficult as a fan. And I'm sure just a member of the organization because it's almost throwing the Blackhawks off course with this long-term rebuild mentality because they're just having to ice basically half an AHL roster at this point in time. And when that's the case, they just have to play such perfect hockey to even find themselves close in games, right? Like Peter Morazic basically has to pitch a shutout for the Blackhawks to win right now. That's how depleted they are in terms of injuries and absences. And I'm not saying this to cut the Blackhawks some slack. It's just the fact of the matter right now. Go and look at who they're icing night in and night out. I mean, four of their defensemen that they played last night were playing for the Rockford Ice Hogs in the Calder Cup playoffs. And really only one of them, two of them, I guess you could say, Isaac Phillips and Alex Vlasic, actually look like they're capable of being NHL defensemen right here, right now. Louis Crevier has really struggled these last couple of games. Philip Ruse does not look like an NHL defenseman. Nikita Zaitsev reverted back to being the Nikita Zaitsev we're used to last night. So it's just such a tough spot for this Blackhawks organization to be in right now. And quite honestly, yeah, it sucks to watch, but like I can't even really be that mad at the Blackhawks losing these games because 
it's almost laughable at how many like key pieces are out of the lineup at this point in time. So that is really also impacting, I think, the young guys who are trying to take these next steps, like a Lucas Reichel or like an Arvid Soderblom and Net. The times really be tough right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, an embarrassing seven to one loss to the Seattle Kraken last night as they've now dropped 13 of their last 17 games. That has them sitting at nine, 19 and one through 29 games this season. And they've also lost eight consecutive games on the road while they've been outscored 38 to 13 in those eight contests. Just such a battle for the Blackhawks, even play competitively in games right now with the roster that they're having to utilize. All right, there are my thoughts on last night's disastrous blowout loss to Seattle. Coming up in just a moment, I will dive a little bit deeper into why I believe us fans should not overreact to the struggles that we've seen from Lucas Reichel and Arvid Soderblom so far this year. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time. A new NHL season brings so many opportunities, and that means another chance for you to come and see Connor Bedard down at the United Center. And you should never have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy all the tickets that you want and need to the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time for probably close to a decade now since I was back in high school watching Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane go on down to the United Center, go and play at the United Center, I should say. Whether I'm going to watch the Blackhawks, the Cubs, or any team in any city, or going to see a concert in any city, Game time is always the place that I go to for tickets. It's the fastest and easiest way for you to find all of your tickets. And I always love how they have views from all the seats in the venue. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I highly recommend you all go and download the game time app right now. And when you do create an account and use the promo code lockdown NHL in all caps to get $20 off with your first purchase. Again, you can get $20 off to come and see Connor Bedard play at the United Center this season. All you have to do is download the Game Time app and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, Game Time. Segment two I also wanted to be sure to talk about Arvid Soderbloom's struggles in net this season and how they kind of parallel what Lucas Reichel has been going through as well. Both of them seemed like they were ready to kind of make that transition and had surpassed the prospect stage point heading into the summer. And it felt like they were ready to become full-time NHLers. I will say for Lucas Reichel, I did have a little bit more confidence in him making this transition after, you know, just kind of dominating the AHL for two consecutive years. Plus he had that really sharp stint in the NHL at the end of last year. And for Soderblom, even though, in the NHL prior to the season, and even through the season, I guess you could say, it had never really gone well for him at the NHL level. It felt like it was kind of the natural progression of things for him to kind of step up into that backup role and be a full-time NHLer for the first time in his career after he had two pretty good years down in Rockford as well himself. But now both of them, it feels like, are kind of right there going through their own share of struggles and in the conversation about potentially going back down to Rockford. First, though, I do want to say for Lucas Reichel, interesting timing on this. Mark Lazarus of The Athletic actually had a conversation with Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson following last night's blowout loss to the Seattle Kraken. And according to Davidson, it seems like the Blackhawks are still a bit reluctant to send 
Reichel back to Rockford at this point in time. It seems like they don't want to be doing that just yet. And I will say I'm kind of in the same boat with that, but if they're going to be patient, they're going to give him some more opportunities. I think it absolutely has to be in the top six. Healthy scratching him isn't going to do anything. The message has already been sent by moving him down in the lineup. And I also think keeping him down on the fourth line, which by the way, to open up last game, last night's game against Seattle, that's where he started. And it was really frustrating to me because I had said on the show yesterday, I think we all can agree. This project is over. Lucas Reichel isn't learning anything or we're not going to see the improvements right here, right now that Luke Richardson is wanting him to get down on the fourth line. We're just not going to see those effects like this. So for those reasons, Lucas Reichel has to be playing in the top six, in my opinion. I don't care how much he's struggling. Look at who this Blackhawks team is icing. All right. He's not getting a whole lot of help himself either. And he did get opportunities with Bedard and Kershev late in last night's game. The Blackhawks, it, it was already over at that point in time. So I hope, though, that's something that we see more of if they do, in fact, plan on keeping Reichel around for a little bit longer. But um, I, I just think that the position the Blackhawks are in right now isn't doing Lucas Reichel any favors either. And I think this is why we should kind of remain patient with him and not get ahead of ourselves and start labeling him a bust or start having these concerns or anything. You got to think Lucas Reichel is not benefiting from the Blackhawks being without Andreas Athanasiu, someone who he found a lot of success with last season on the same line. He's not benefiting because they're without Taylor Hall. They're without Corey Perry. I mean, those are three guys. I think if we've learned anything so far this year, it's that Connor Bedard, he's going to be just fine. I mean, he's already lugging the mail on this team. He's the head honcho offensively for the Blackhawks at 18 years of age. We know he's going to be fine, but the concern is with Lucas Reichel. And I would like to believe if everyone were healthy right now and the Corey Perry incident never happened, I would like to believe that Lucas Reichel would be getting opportunities with guys like Taylor Hall or like Andreas Athanasiou or like Corey Perry, that he'd be getting opportunities to play from those guys. And those guys would be help helping aid in his development, but that's just not the case right now. And Reichel's, you know, playing on the fourth line with Ryan Donato and Mackenzie and whistle. Yeah, that's going to help his development. And even when he is up in the lineup, like playing along with a struggling Taylor Radish on the second line, it's not really helping Lucas Reichel accomplish all that much. Even with someone like Tyler Johnson, who goal scoring wise, he's been good this year, but playmaking at this point of his career, just that isn't the strength of his game. And even if he is to get opportunities on the top line, we're still talking about an 18 year old Connor Bedard, who's a rookie in the league. And yeah, Philip Kershev is having a good season, but he's still not an offensive wizard himself or anything. He's not a dynamic playmaker. So all these things, I think, are factors in Lucas Reichel's struggles so far this season, that he's not getting any veterans to play with or that he can kind of rely on out there. I mean, it's a really tough situation for him to be in and a tough situation for the Blackhawks as an organization. And I'll tell you what, it, it really does feel like they could use another veteran type of forward cough, Phil Kessel cough, who's still a free agent out there. They just need some help. It's become apparent. Counter Bedard could use another scoring threat threat. Lucas Reichel could use some help as well. The Blackhawks are too banged up and it's really impacting. I think the development of Lucas Reichel in the forward group. And I think the same can kind of be said for Arvid Soderbloom. Has he been disappointing this year? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, Peter Morazic is a 32-year-old veteran in this league who's been around, and it's still taking him like 
he has to stand on his head just for the Blackhawks to be in games. And Arvid Soderbloom just isn't at that level yet. And with this defense in front of him as well, it, it just it feels like it's a really tough situation for a young goaltender to be in. I mean, the Blackhawks, I know there's injuries and guys have been moved up and down, but basically every night this season, they've been playing at least three rookie defensemen in their lineup. And one of the veterans is Connor Murphy, who to his credit, I do think he's been better lately. I wanted to be sure to mention that on today's episode. But still, this season as a whole, Connor Murphy's been one of the worst defensemen on the Blackhawks, and it's just been a brutal decor. So those things don't help out in Arvid Soderbloom's development either. I will say the lack of consistency is absolutely a cause for concern, but it doesn't help him that the Blackhawks have an AHL caliber roster in front of him. And it's hard to get an understanding of Lucas Reichel or Arvid Soderbloom when this Blackhawks team is this bad and they just don't have pieces to go and support them right now. So it's frustrating for a multitude of different reasons because two guys who I thought were looking like they were going to be bright spots for the Blackhawks this season and Lucas Reichel and Arvid Soderbloom have been anything but that. And I really think it's kind of being impacted by all the absences the Blackhawks are having in their lineup right now. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere because coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into some updates on the World Junior Championship, which is quietly creeping up less than two weeks time from now. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 if your team wins outright. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's legitimately no better time to get in on the action than right now. Because football season is starting to get into the nitty gritty here. We're just a couple of weeks away from the playoffs and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Just pick any team to win on the money line, such as the Ravens, the Bengals, or the Chiefs, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if they win outright. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the point spread to over-unders, player props, and much, much more, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, what I love about FanDuel is when you win, they pay you out instantly. So make sure to go and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up and start earning bonus bets today with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're still tuned in to this point of today's episode, let me just say thank you very much. I really do appreciate all your support. And if you haven't done so already, please go and help your boy out by smashing the like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. All those things really help drive the YouTube and Google algorithm in my direction. And also make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. So go and check out Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three. All right, we are now just 11 days away from the 2024 World Junior Championship kicking off in Gothenburg, Sweden. And we got a couple of updates to get into regarding some Black Hawks prospects. First, 
2022 second round pick, Paul Ludwinski, that Paulie Luds guy, I think is going to be a fan favorite here in Chicago. If he ever makes it to the NHL scene, like we all hope he do, all hope he does. He was the only Blackhawks prospect given a camp invite for Team Canada this year after basically all of Team Canada's blue line last year. The left side in particular was Blackhawks prospects with Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, Kevin Korchinski, and of course, Connor Bedard. We didn't know it at the time, but we were all hoping he was going to be a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. This time around, Paul Ludwinski was the only Hawks prospect invited to Team Canada's camp, although Macklin Celebrini, future number one overall pick, it's looking like in the 2024 NHL draft. Who knows? Maybe he could be Connor Bedard's future teammate here in Chicago. It's all going to depend on how that draft lottery comes around. He has officially cracked Team Canada's final world junior roster. Unfortunately, Paul Ludwinski was among the final cuts. And Canada actually um, made the tough decision. They they only kept 12 forwards on their roster in hopes of landing either uh, Zach Benson or Matthew Poitras. Um as late additions from the NHL to their roster. So because of that, it felt like it was going to be extra tough for Paul Ludwinski to crack the roster. And he ended up being one of those uh, final casualties. So tough that Paulie Ludz isn't going to be representing team Canada. I was really hoping that he was going to find a way to crack this team, but no harm, no foul, still a really good opportunity for him to showcase his stuff in camp. Now we'll head back to Kingston where he is off to a tremendous start to his season as the captain with, 30 points, 11 goals, and 19 assists in his first 25 games this season. But while there won't be any Blackhawks prospects playing for Team Canada this year, there will be a couple undoubtedly playing for the United States as Frank Nazar, Oliver Moore, Sam Renzel, and Gavin Hayes are all up in Plymouth, Michigan right now taking part in the United States World Junior Camp. And if I had to guess, that that camp actually started a little bit later than Team Canada's, and we don't have the finalized roster for the United States like we do for Canada already. But if I had to guess, I think at least two, if not three, of these Blackhawks prospects are going to wind up making the final roster. The lock of Team USA is absolutely Frank the Tank Nazar. Looks like he could be centering the third line potentially, or maybe they'll move him over on the wing. He looks like the one uh, guarantee to make the United States roster. He was skating on the third line this morning. I would say Oliver Moore is probably on the uh, right there on the bubble. I think his speed could be a very um, key factor for the United States in the bottom six. It's just tough when you look at what the what the United States have in their top six, very skilled already, and Oliver Moore, skill and speed is the name of his game. So I don't know if they want to mix it up in the bottom six and maybe get a little bit more size and physicality down there, but Oliver Moore has kind of been used as an extra uh, in line rushes recently. So kind of looks like he's on the outside looking in. I do think his speed gives him a chance. Um, But I think Nazar is the one who undoubtedly has the best chance to make this team. I think Sam Renzel has a better chance than Oliver Moore as well, just because the United States really could uh, use his size and his shot on the right-handed side of things. He would be the biggest defenseman on the United States at six foot four, six foot five. Although if he does make it, he's also probably going to be used as a sixth or seventh defenseman. So Not sure how much action he would actually be getting in the World Juniors for the United States. And then there's Gavin Hayes, who 
I just have a hard time picturing him making this team unless he has an absolutely unbelievable showing in camp. Uh, maybe they do want to keep around his uh, goal scoring abilities in the bottom six as that's seeming like it's the best attribute of his right here, right now. Uh, and he's off to a tremendous start to his season with the Flint Firebirds of the Ontario Hockey League as well. So good opportunity here for Gavin Hayes to showcase his stuff as well. I know he's kind of been a, a, a player that's been kind of getting more and more uh, on the radar, if you will, because of his lethal shot and his goal scoring abilities. So we'll see if that winds up sneaking him onto Team USA's roster. I kind of uh, have a hard time picturing that though. And I, I believe Oliver Moore has the better chance than him. Uh, but I do believe we're going to see hopefully a couple of Blackhawks prospects playing for Team USA in just a couple of weeks. And then we can't forget about Team Slovakia as well, because a couple of Hawks prospects are going to be pretty key focal points to that team. Adam Guyan looks like he's going to be the starting netminder, and he has just been phenomenal for the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL this season. So hopefully he'll be able to carry that momentum over into the WJC where he kind of wound up shocking everyone and turned into the starting goaltender for Slovakia, despite being their number three entering the tournament. So um, looks like he's going to be their starter this time around, if all goes well. And then Blackhawks 2023 second round pick Martin Mishiak looks like he could have an opportunity inside the top six, potentially with, uh, two other guys that were part of the 2023 draft class taken in the first round, though, in Samuel Hanzek and Dalibor Dvorsky. I think that could be a really interesting trio if they wind up together. But while there won't be any Blackhawks playing for Team Canada, there are going to be a couple of others representing their native country still. So the World Junior Championship, I think, is always one of the more in America. I think it's uh, underrated in Canada. It certainly is not underrated. That's like you know, the best part of their Christmas, gosh darn close. Um, but I, I always think it's an underrated thing here in America. And it's something that's really grown on me these last couple of years, especially with the Blackhawks being in this kind of full scale rebuild. A lot of these young pieces could be guys that uh, are on the draft board when it's their turn on the clock. So I think it's always a good opportunity to learn a little bit more about a lot of prospects and also guys who are in the system already for the Blackhawks as well. So make sure to stay tuned for the World Junior Championship. Just 11 days away, kicks off on December 26th in Gothenburg, Sweden. All right, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until the next episode, everyone out there, enjoy your weekend responsibly. Hawks are back in action on Sunday. Maybe I'll have an episode come out on Saturday afternoon or early Sunday morning to preview it. No guarantees or anything, but until next time, everyone have a good weekend. That's going to do it for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.